So we're going to start off like classic, like, do-do-do-do, DJ, you know. Yeah. Drew and Ben, this is WSKG, you know, like, just like that. Uh, No, it's uh, BD, BDYST. BDYST Radio. <laughs> Coming at you hot. Bro, did you see this? Oh, dude, I heard about this, but I actually hadn't looked at it before. No, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing. Oh, wait. Okay, well, give me another one, then. We'll come back to this. I mean, I'm, I'm coming back to that. There we go. Oh, a YouTube link. Okay, this is this is good. Yeah. Japan is an island by the sea filled with volcanoes, and it's beautiful. Oh, oh my God. Yes, I have seen this. <laughs> yeah, History of Japan. Did you see the new one, though? Yes. Okay, yeah. The new one reminded me of the old one because I saw that and I died. Yeah. This guy is like... What's this guy's name? Bill Wirtz. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything else by him? No, not just the history of the world and then history of Japan. And he just like, he has the internet down to a T. He really does. Yeah, it's crazy. You know that he doesn't have any, he doesn't have any ad revenue on it. What? He uh, is like totally against ad revenue. So he, yeah, he's made nothing off of these videos. He has like a, a Patreon, you know? Why? Well, because he's, that's his thing. He's an artist, a capital A artist, you know? He knows what he wants. I'm an artist, too. That's dumb. Gosh, he has 18 million views on History of the World. I don't know how much money YouTube pays out, and I know that the answer is not a whole lot, but not a whole lot times 18 million is still a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah, it's, I mean, what did you think? Do you, do you like his style? Oh, I absolutely love it. It's so, like, just intoxicating, like, entrancing, just like, I, I can watch infinite videos of this guy. Mm -hmm. It's just such... And it, like, cracks me up. It's so weird and so lame and so, like, cheesy, but on purpose, obviously. Yeah, the History of Japan one is really cool because I think it's an interesting topic to make a video about because it's something that genuinely a lot of people don't know anything exactly. in regards exactly. to. So, And the world one was really incredible. Hi, you're on a rock floating in space. It was deep. It was in-depth. Yeah, the entire time that I watched it, it made me really recognize two things. The first being that it would be so daunting to have to figure out what to include and what not to include in a video that tries to narrate the entire history of the world. <laughs> yeah, what to leave out, what to breeze over. Right. And then two, you know, it actually was I, – I was scrolling through some of the YouTube comments. People kept saying again and again, like, oh, this makes me realize, like – how little my life is. <laughs> you, you think of it, you think of your life a little bit differently and like the subtext of the world around you a little bit differently when you consider it being two seconds of narrative in a 18 minute video that describes thousands of years of history. Yeah. All right. Hey, I, I'm going to send you a link because I want you to see something funny. All right. All right. Uh, and I think it'll, it'll be helpful. All right. So let's check this out. Okay. This is a, a good, a good news story that is good for all humanity. Let's take this bad boy into the browser. So just just read me just read me the first couple of little paragraphs there. Bitual sub eater may move lunch spot because of Tonawanda's residence gripe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this picture. I know it's pretty good. Yeah, the Zimmerman Boulevard submarine sandwich shop standoff could end after this week. Oh gosh. John Pulowski has eaten his lunch once a week parked in the same spot for the past 18 months, to the growing annoyance of at least one set of neighbors. Now he is thinking about changing up his routine and may reluctantly, reluctantly. find a new tree yeah, reluctantly <laughs> find a new tree to eat lunch under in the town of Tonawanda. It's this whole article <laughs> just about these people being mad at a guy because he goes to a sub sandwich shop, gets his order. And then drives to this neighborhood, sits underneath a tree, and parks his car and just eats his sandwich. And everybody's, like, mad at him. 
because they think that he's like casing the joint or something. I love, I love that the first quote from him is, I am torn. <laughs> I'm torn. And he's like, and I love that it became a story. You know, he's like, I don't, I don't want to move. I like, I like my tree. Does he live in this neighborhood? No, he doesn't live there at all. He just liked the tree. He just decided to go there. What the, so that's, you know, that's fine. That's weird. Yeah. The 35 year old Lancaster resident said he doesn't want to eat his lunch in a sub shop. And he doesn't want to take it back to his office in the city of Tonawanda. He wanted a nice, peaceful spot where he could park in the shade and take a break for 15 or 20 minutes. Isn't that all that we're looking for, Ben? Just a 15 or 20 minute <laughs> break in the shade? Can you blame the guy? But I, you can't. But really, like, these people, I feel like they're just rallying, like, get away, get out of our neighborhood, like pitchforks. Man, leave the guy alone. Like, what is he doing? Although he does look creepy with the sunglasses. He probably should take this off. He does look, uh, you know, that is something that we should discusses he does not look like the most respectable guy in the world nothing against him it's just any dude with some dark shades in a in a nondescript car parked outside of a house week after week might bring a little intention to themselves i think he should like just be more more overt with his sandwich eating and like get out Mm. and sit on top of the hood of his car and just like i like that like i'm happy eat my sandwich you know yeah yeah, just eat my sandwich right here. People will then be like, oh, that's just the weird sandwich guy. Rather than, what is that guy doing in his car every day? Would you be okay with this if someone came to your neighborhood and parked outside your house every day and just ate some ate some checkers? I don't know. Well, one, I'm not home during the day, so if there's probably a guy doing that right now in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It's possible. It's very possible. It's totally possible. But uh, if I was home, I don't know. That's I'm not looking out my window. This has got to be people that are paranoid. This has got to be like old people that are just looking out their window 24-7. They have a rocker like facing outside. Yeah, the story like gets pretty deep. Let's see, where is it? It says that everything went fine until about a month ago when a couple followed him back to work and confronted him in the parking lot at his office. <laughs> the wife, who would not give her name, said they watched him for a year. They watched him for a whole year, and then they acted on it. You know, they never even just went outside. They, like, literally followed him to his workplace to, like, I guess, check on him. Why didn't they, did they just confront him? Like, where, where do you think they thought he was going to go? Yeah, that, that. Do you think that, like, he was going to go to, like, robber, robber industries, like, <laughs> crime town? You know, I don't know where they thought that he was going to go. They would, like, find some proof of him casing the joint. But, yeah, I've been casing at this joint for like a year. It's great. For a long time. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It just seems like I, I, I just appreciate. I don't know. It's like a funny story to me because there's a lot of turmoil in it, but it just feels it just feels good in a world where there's a lot of sensationalism and a lot of like angry people. I, I appreciate just some angry guys who are just mad at a dude for eating a sandwich. That just feels it just feels right. No, nah, this 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 annoys me so much. Why did these people? They looked at him for a year. Why didn't they go and talk to him? Like knock on his window and be like, "Sir, uh, what are you doing in front of our house?" And he's like, "I'm just eating a sandwich." Oh, okay, you're weird. No problem. Get back in our house. Like seriously, a year of just staring at this person—that is some passive aggressive craziness. It is very passive aggressive. Yes, we we have a lot of passive aggressive stuff going on in this in this article. But and then he's he came back. They told him <laughs> never come back to our neighborhood, and he. It's like I like this tree too much. Oh, and then it's saying it's saying that there's this other lady, Barbara Tucker. That's that. So that's who she's. He's parked out in front of. He's parked out in front of old, old Miss Tucker's house. These aren't even the neighbors that got mad at him. Oh, they definitely need to calm down. But the best line in the whole article <laughs> is Tucker has her own preferred lunch spot when she grabs a bite to go on a nice day. <laughs> in quotations, I sit in the cemetery. She said, "Nobody bothers you in the cemetery." This old lady killed someone. Yeah, I know. I think we need to be worried about old Miss Tucker, not about 
whatever this guy's name is. But but that statement does not match the photo that they posted of Miss Tucker. Yeah, she looks pretty. She looks pretty happy. And the 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 house, you know, if you look at that, if you look at that original photo, I don't even know if that tree looks that great that he's parked underneath. It looks kind of meager. Yeah, it's like skinny tree. It's not even. A, <laughs> it almost looks like it's a power line tree. Like it's. Bro, go pick a new tree. There's no parks in this weird town? I guess I guess not. It was, you know, maybe a slow news day in Tonawanda, but it was a good news day for my heart. Oh, my gosh. All right, give me something else. Give me one of yours. All right, speaking of sandwiches, perfect segue. Mm. All right, I have to watch this video? Yeah. Right, here we go. Does it have audio? No. Nah. Okay, so it's uh, Jimmy John's? Yeah. Guy comes up. Uh-huh. Normal night, nothing crazy. Just a chill night at a Jimmy John's. Just ordering my, just ordering my sandwich. And then... Oh, this Jimmy John's employee was chill AF when a robber pointed a gun in his face. <laughs> right? <laughs> wait, what? so wait, did he did he order a sandwich? I don't know. I'm sure he did. But the best, like, having worked in, you know, the food, the fast food industry, I love how much this employee does not This care. employee doesn't care at all. This employee's like, I guess, yeah, whatever. You can have this money. Thanks for pointing a gun directly at my forehead. Thanks for coming in and ordering a sandwich. And the guy takes the whole register, huh? The guy's like, he wants the change too. He's gonna give it to him. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear the phone call of the employee calling his boss, like, "Yeah, someone just robbed us." <laughs> someone just robbed us. I love how he just kind of nonchalantly is like, "Oh, you don't want it? Okay, I guess I'll just put this cash register back together now." All right, bye. Have a good night. That's weird. This is a weird thing, right? And then the the armed assailant like didn't even try to cover his face. Like he just no. He doesn't give a crap, man. Okay, so we have a good like I gotta I gotta do a little time cap on this thing. We got a good thirty seconds of him just interacting with this dude, just ordering his sandwich before he pulls a gun out. Like what's that? What's that whole area? What's he doing that whole time? Yeah, why are you faking like you want a sandwich, dude? Why are you faking like you want a sandwich when you're just robbing the place? That's like that's a dangerous thirty seconds. <laughs> or maybe he thinks, Do I want a sandwich to go with this money? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think maybe that's what he realized. You know, he's like, I could either get a sandwich or I could rob the place. It looked like he's looking over the menu, you know, like, hmm. Was it a toss-up in his head? He was like, yeah. all right, I either want a sandwich or I'm going to rob this place. Let's I either see. want this turkey tom or I, I want all, all of the money. All of the money in the cash register. Ah, you know what? I don't have cash to pay for this sandwich. All right, I'm going to rob it. <laughs> You know what would have been even better? Because, you know, obviously he doesn't care about his identity because he's, like, clearly on camera, you know? Yeah. He should have just ordered in the app. Just ordered in the app or online, <laughs> you know? Had the sandwich there ready for him, and then he could have just done it all at once. And then he could have had the best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. That's, like, the lesson that I hope that everyone learns from from this video is if you're going to rob a Jimmy John's, plan, plan ahead. ahead yeah. If you're going to rob yeah. a Jimmy John's and you're going to give your identity away, get a sandwich out of it, too. I like it. And I love that the employee took his gloves off, too. Wait, he does? Why? So good. Yeah. He, the employee, like, while he's, like, pressing the buttons to, like, make the order, uh -huh. as soon as he pulls the gun out, then the employee's like, all right, I'm going to take my gloves off to deal with the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. I'm just touching legal tender, so I guess it's not a big deal. Wow. This video has got a lot going for it. I appreciate it. We need to, we need to, okay, hold on. Kansas City, Jimmy John's, robber. We got to, we got to do some, some hardcore investigation, <laughs> by which I mean... Uh, Google. Okay, okay, okay. This is already good. Kansas City, uh, Jimmy John's worker speaks out after intense armed robbery here. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you in on this one. Okay. He says, let's see what he says. The employee stands completely calm with a gun in his face while everyone was wondering what was going through his mind. The man says, I just stared I just at him. 
and he said it again, opened the drawer quietly. I still just stared at him. Then he, he put it in my face and told me to open the bleep drawer. I think that that's uh, expletive right, right there, but <laughs> I guess we can't be sure. I didn't want to give it to him. Wow. So he's like, wow. So he had a gun pointed in his face, and he was like, mm, should I give him this $75 worth of Jimmy John's transactions, or should I, like, die? Should I die for my job? Nah, fam. But my manager was behind me and was like, we'll give it to you, we'll give it to you. I gave it all to him, and there was a dollar still sitting on there, and he said, give me all of it. I picked it up to, I picked up the till and tried to give it to him. I was actually surprised that the detective told me today that he did a whole bunch of robberies because it was amateur hour. Oh, dang, so the, he gets a little dig in on this robber at the last moment. <laughs> amateur hour robbery he's like let me let me show you how to rob a place random guy pointing a gun at my face wow i like it all right well i i like this idea of moving from uh from subject to subject so here's here's the next one for you we're, we're gonna move from one fast food to another bro did you see this what kfc do you see tail it's loading oh it's good it's it's worth the load what yeah dude yeah kfc's tender wings of desire a romance novella starring Colonel Sanders. Oh, I love when companies or like people just go all out. Like the commitment to get that cover painted first off. That's just first impressions. I really love that. How long is it? How many pages? I don't know, man. Yeah, we got to read it. It's 99 cents on Amazon. <laughs> uh, okay, well, going to that. 96 pages. Ooh, it's got a little caption for Mothers Everywhere. I dedicate this to you. A brief escape from motherhood into the arms of your fantasy colonel, whoever he may be. Wow, it's beautiful. Of all the things that Lady Madeline Parker disliked about her life, the one that constantly stuck out in her brain was her hatred of embroidery. Wait, what? <laughs> that's the that's a pretty that's a pretty standard first sentence, I think. You know, I've I've read a few books that started that way. What the heck? This is so weird. To call their affair passionate was an understatement. Sometimes it seemed as though Madeline and Colonel Sanders had been made to love each other, and they tried to do so at every given opportunity. So, okay, from an advertising perspective, right, you know, you've, you've done a bit of that in, in your life. What do, you, what do you think of this kind of stuff? Do you think this is successful? Is this like a good, a good use of KFC's money? So when I see companies doing this, I think, man, they have just money to throw away. Mm -hmm. Because I think of what goes into, like, intentional marketing that, like, needs to be seen by tons of people. This, you know, like, it passed by me. I didn't see it at all. And I, like, have been seeing those KFC ads all over. So when I see this, I'm like, man, do they just have, like, a division that just, like, you're going to do weird, you know, branded stuff for holidays? It makes me a little jealous that, like, I want that kind of arm at my company that, like, yeah, guys, um, we don't care if you run the faucet. Just whatever. It doesn't matter the hours. Just get it done. Have you ever heard of, gosh, that really weird romance author that has, like, a million books right now? Uh, let me see. I'm going to find him really quick. By Yep, here we go. His name is Chuck Tingle. Have you heard of Chuck Tingle? Uh, that sounds familiar. Look, he has, like, a billion books. And look at that title of that one. What? Yeah. What? Space Raptor butt trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Are these real books? Are they jokes? Yeah. No, they're, I mean, uh, ooh, how do you answer that question? You know, it's like a, it's a hard one. But yeah, like click on his, uh, his author profile you can see he's, uh, he's got, he's got quite a few. Okay. Uh, you know, definitely edit this part out. Slammed in the butthole by the concept of linear time. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I can edit that out or not. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I'm fine with it. But look, Gay T-Rex Law Firm Executive Boner. 
Oh my gosh. He's this got guy 11 is... pages of books. He's got a lot of books. Oh my gosh. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. I, the one that I really appreciated as a title was Pounded by the Pound, Turned Gay by the Socioeconomic Implications of Britain Leaving the European Union. That is a good one. Turned Gay by the Existential Dread that I May Actually Be a Character in a Chuck Tingle Book. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I kind of want to read Space Raptor Butt Invasion and Space Raptor Butt Redemption. We'll need to read one of them sooner or later. There was actually an author. There was an author that I found when I was in high school that I actually got really into. His name's Clifford Pickover. And I learned about him because this is like early 2000s days of the internet. And it was kind of hard to like do anything on it because, you know, it was weird. And he had a website called, I think it was like Reality Carnival. Yep. Oh my God, it still exists in its full form. Okay, check this out. I didn't, I didn't mean to show this to you today, but now you have to see it. <laughs> so this, this is a website that's like caught in time. Don't look at it with 2017 oh, eyes. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, late, no, Ben. Too don't. Late, too late. Too late. <laughs> it hurts. It burns. Look at it with 2005 eyes or whatever no, it was. You 2005 know. eyes, this is bad. But so check it out. It's called Reality Carnival. And like, just look at a few of these links. Every day he adds weird stuff. Well, I guess not every day anymore, but still pretty consistently. Look at some of these links. Scientist turns peanut butter into diamonds? Yes, exactly. What? Yes. But he wrote his own books, and his books were weird as heck. He wrote, oh my God. He has so many books that it like takes up more than a single page on my on my computer. Time, a traveler's guide, <laughs> the alien IQ test, dreaming the future. That's not a big one. I just I kind of like that title actually. The girl who gave birth to rabbits. <laughs> what? Yep. Sex, drugs, Einstein, and elves. And uh, let's see, let's see if I can find the one that I liked a lot. There's something about zombies. But this guy, this guy's like a legit dude. He's like a mathematician. He, let's see, it says on his Wikipedia, he's employed at the IBM Thomas J. Watson Research Center. He's the editor-in-chief of the IBM Journal of Research and Development. And he's making weird, crazy-as-heck books, you know? Sushi never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, yep, sushi never sleeps. So there's just something about the internet that lets people be, at once, be very strange and do something very weird. And at the same time, be very important. and Be respected. <laughs> yep, be respected. And, you know, I think Chuck Tingle's the... the <laughs> The respected part of uh, maybe magical realism. Yeah, magical realism, eroticism. That's, I think, what he's what he's got going on for him. My gosh. These guys. And their pictures are so, like, the picture, like, the author picture is so mundane. Like, such a normal, average dude. I know. He's just a chill dude. Like, sushi never sleeps. That's the guy who wrote that. Let's see. Does uh, Chuck Tingle have a wiki? I bet he does. Tingle began his career by writing Dinosaur Erotica and expanded to stories based on unicorns, big feet, Plural. I didn't know that was the plural of Bigfoot. And various objects and even concepts. The bizarre nature of Tingle's writing has led to his developing a cult reputation, which indeed he does. Clearly, yeah. But I mean, he's making books by the, by the minute. I, want, I wonder what his writing process is. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. If he sits down with like a good tea and like, like in the morning and just like, all right, go to, get to work in his study, or if he like goes to a park and like jots some ideas down and then goes back and he could just be the dude that's like working next to you at the Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? He could be that guy. <laughs> but you like he's there every week and you don't know what he's doing. Well, he could be he could be Chuck Tingle. You have to think about that next time you see a dude on a computer. Okay, give me something new. What what do you want me to see? How about we go to this? Whoa. Okay, I think I actually saw like a thumbnail of this. We're looking at the same picture right now? Yes, 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 we are. This is this is some new superhero thing, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so um, 
little backstory. Uh, Marvel okay. is a comic company. Thank you. They own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marvel. Yes, yes. All right, I'm gonna. I'll take notes. But X Men is like they they own all these characters, but like X Men is owned by Sony. Uh, Fox. No. Oh. Fox. Spider Man is by Sony. Fox. Okay, so S- Sony owns Spider Man. Fox owns X Men, and then Marvel, quote unquote, owns the rest of them, right? Exactly. Okay. So, because of X-Men being owned by another studio, they have to get creative. So, Inhumans are like this B-C team of aliens, whatever, the cavemen that were experimented on by aliens that, like, get superpowers. Anyways, they're very, like, they're like knockoff X-Men. Mm-hmm. But because X-Men is in another place, Marvel's like, hey, guess what? We're revitalizing the Inhumans. This just became like a real thing with, was it the last Avengers movie, right? Because was it Quicksilver that was in both Uh, Avengers and X-Men? Kind of. He's unrelated to these people. No, 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 I know. But I'm saying the whole like, we have to get creative thing. Oh, yeah. Because didn't they not... They didn't. They didn't call Quicksilver a mutant. Like, is is the word mutant basically? They call them miracles. Okay. Mutant is owned by Fox. <laughs> I love that idea. You can't use a word. Yeah, they're called miracles. But anyway, so they're they're Marvel is really pushing hard for the Inhumans, and in that show, that TV show, Shield, mm-hmm. they like started to talk about them and whatever. Anyway, so IMAX and ABC and Marvel are teaming up to put out a Inhumans TV show, and this is the first look. And it looks like a crap show. <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks pretty bad. Yeah. It looks real bad. It looks pretty bad. And it's a bummer because I was, like, excited. I, you know, I'm a very nerdy guy. I love, you know, Marvel stuff. And the Netflix shows have been so great. Well. So to see this is, like, such a letdown of, like, oh, gosh, your budget is trash city. What the heck? Do you ever go back and look at, like, images from the first X-Men or, like, the first Daredevil? Like, not the TV show, but the, the movie. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. If you, like, look back at those images, they look like they came from the year 1999 or, like, the year 2001. Like, there's something about them Absolutely. that, like, looks distinctly bad and not new. <laughs> and I feel like this image, like, if you if you would have, like, shown me, like, first look at X2 or whatever the first X-Men movie was called, you know, first look at Brian Singer's X-Men, and you, like, would have just, like, put this image in there. I wouldn't have given it a second thought. It, like, looks like that same era. It looks, yeah. It feels bad. Yeah. I just sent you a picture of what they look like in the comics. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a lot different. A lot different. Looks Um, pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, you totally could go, like, the Game of Thrones route and, like, make them more medieval. But no, they went with, like, weird leather. Like, seriously, it's, it's, uh, it's Daredevil. You know, the early Daredevil movie. Right, should we look at something different? Yeah, hit me with that next story, dog. All right. Uh, I think I want to talk about something serious. So I want you to see this Ooh, okay. right. and uh, tell me what you think of it. I'm just kidding. This one wasn't serious. Look at this. It's a Nintendo 64 ad, I think from Europe, because there's no way that this ever would have been able to play in the United States. But it's just a picture of the N64 with a quote, and that quote says, It's the best thing I've ever seen attributed to God. <laughs> I really like that. My gosh. Is that not the best? I want every ad to be just like... It goes on. The most fun since I created the Earth, Nintendo 64 is, well, 64-bit, which means it's three times more powerful than any other system. Yeah, it gets kind of gets kind of ad jargony yeah, after yeah. that point, but I, I, did, uh, I did appreciate it. Praise be. 
Praise be. Praise be. Is this a real? This is a real ad. That's a real ad from the N64 era. Uh, okay, I wanted to show you something for real though. So let me let me find it really quick. I didn't know if you heard about this or not, but I I really wanted to get your opinion on it because I think it's pretty interesting. So yeah, this is they're called trash doves, <laughs> and it was a sticker pack that um, was released on like Facebook a few months ago. And from what I understand, I think what happened was these doves like blew up in like different countries. But there was like a five day period or maybe maybe longer, maybe a couple weeks where like every single Facebook page that had comments enabled was like full of these doves. So it was like this weird thing where this person just kind of made some stickers and like the world responded by saying yes to it. Yeah. But yeah, read read this thing because I, I want to hear what you think about it because it's it's this kind of long, interesting article about how... She hadn't copyrighted it, and then people started using it and selling it. Just first off, it bums me out that, like, four-minute little sketch is what's blowing up. And not that, like, oh, I'm jealous that she did that in four minutes, but I wonder if she is as, you know, crazy as artist, crazy of an artist as me. And, like, no, that's not even my magnum opus. Why do you like that one? That's, like, the, the throwaway one. Right. She made the sticker pack, but then all of a sudden... She started seeing it around the internet, you know, people gotcha. taking the stickers and then putting it on a mug or a t-shirt or a poster or whatever. Oh, honestly, uh, for as much as I draw stuff and like create stuff, did not know you have to register art like that. I don't think I've ever done that. So basically this whole article is about her saying, yeah, you know, I'm an artist. I've not necessarily thought of myself as a commercial artist. So I didn't know that I had to like copyright my stuff. I thought that drawing it and putting it online and saying it's mine was copywriting it. That's crazy. Yeah, it says until you've registered it, you can't sue someone. Yeah. And that's important. Jeez. And she says something like, I never got taught that at art school. No one ever taught me a class on copywriting your work. At school, they taught me how to draw. And I, I don't know, it's just, I feel like that's a, this is a really interesting insight into something that's probably only going to get more and more complicated as time goes on. Because we're probably at the point at this at this time where... We have more creative people, more artists than we've ever had at any point beforehand. It's so easy to learn a craft or, you know, learn a skill like drawing and then start utilizing it. Uh, But then you can put it online just as easily as you can create it. And the more people that are doing that, the more likely that those things will go somewhere and that some random person who has very little expertise in business will end up making some piece of art that becomes a sensation or like captures some strange audience that they would have never anticipated. Yeah. What do you think? Is this is this just the nature of how it goes or does something need to change? I don't know, man. How do you change like she's absolutely right in all my design classes like they they all said if someone posts your stuff you 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 email them a strong word letter you know like nothing about like you got to register it with the u.s uh, registration or whatever copyright stuff right i think first off education they need to like teach artists like how to help themselves for as many as like entrepreneurial and like business classes that they offer for designers and creative types yeah that i never (laughs) in my 25 years never have encountered that so definitely education needs to be ramped up. And then second, because the internet is just blowing up in such a way, I've I've kind of like just accepted that someone's going to steal my thing, my stuff. Because if I'm like super paranoid all the time, I'm never going to post anything. I'm never going to share stuff with followers. I'm never going to create. And that is like a, a sad future uh, like that I don't want to be in. So yeah, I just like if I'm making it and I'm posting it, it's fine if someone steals it. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's like a client and they paid for it, you know, then I'll be a little bit more like protective and like, ah, actually, no, 
you know, I charge someone for this. It means a certain thing. But when I post stuff online, I know full well, like, be free, my little creation. Yeah. To me, this is like such an interesting conversation to have because I'm the one that I think in many conversations and in many circles, I'm the one that's advocating for free creativity and opening up your things. You know, I'm the guy that gives away all my photos on Unsplash and believes that it's a good thing to write and, and give your blogs away for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the hard thing is there's a difference to me between someone saying, I really like this little trash dove and I want to use it for my own project. And I really like this little trash dove because I think it can make me money. I'm going to put it on a mug and sell it and not credit the original person. And maybe this is something that like isn't going to be something that's consistently a problem, but maybe it is. And I think we need to kind of figure out what we're going to do about it. I think, I don't know, man, not to, not to just like, whatever. I think it's always going to be a problem because even when people put like uh, watermarks or whatever, I'm a talented enough artist and I know there are people more talented than me that I can recreate it and like repurpose it and take that stuff off. I don't know. I I don't see personally that being able to be blocked. So I, I, again, I would like urge artists to like have two trains of thought. This is for sharing. This is okay if it's like stolen or repurposed or whatever. And then you have your like actual paid work that it like, it means more. It's more private. It's not posted. Because all the artists that I follow and keep track of all the time, they're posting, man, this, this company in Indonesia, ah, this company in like Japan, ah, this company, you know, in Canada or whatever, like, it happens. People rip people off all the time. We, we've seen that a few times over the last couple of years with like H&M and Forever 21 and, you know, different large companies. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty bad about that. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, everything that they make is – it's not in-house. They're just hiring somebody to, to, to design something for them. And that person just goes on the internet and finds something that feels like it's popular yeah. and can take it wholesale. So, I mean, are you – do you feel the same way about that? Like that's just the way of the world or no? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's so like it's so dark. All right then. There's a small sliver that's kind of flattered if like a big company like that took my stuff. But again, I think the I would be upset. So specifically, I saw H and M or maybe it was like Forever Twenty One stole like a pack of pins and patches mm-hmm. from Etsy. I think I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one I'd be ticked about because like I'm I'm obviously selling this. Get out of here. But if like someone stole something from my Dribble account, I'd be like, uh, okay, cool, thanks, dog. Thanks for the publicity. Hey, I made that, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've had it happen. I've been, you know, on Facebook or whatever, and then some, stumbled upon like something I made, like uh, dog, I'm, I, that's mine. And they're like, no, you know, so I've just had more like headaches. And, and so I, I just, uh, <laughs> I'm rolling over on this one. And unless it, maybe if they made like the registration process, like super easy, like if TurboTax took it over. <laughs> that That's the obvious answer, right? Is like fix the system because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the artist's responsibility to ensure that everything that they do doesn't get stolen by someone else. But why shouldn't it be? They made it. Why shouldn't it be? Well, I mean, and what I, I guess what I'm saying is it shouldn't be a major challenge to do that with every single thing. Right now, the answer to it seems to be Every time it happens, create an internet mob and <laughs> yeah. like send a million letters to the person who's stealing it. And that's problematic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like really – I really dig that, that she like had to figure it out and she's like telling the world, hey, artist, this is what happened. All right. Give me – you got you got something serious for me? I'm in a serious mood. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that contemplative, contemplative content. Contemplative. All right. Then let's talk about that link that I accidentally sent you. Uh... The, oh, the PayPal one. Yeah. Speaking of copyright and IP. 
PayPal burns Pandora to the ground in lawsuit over logo similarity. So this is the problem with our modern design system, right? Yeah. If everything that we design is simple and clean and brightly colored, and a lot of icons have... Everything's going to be the same. Yeah, have a letter. There's only so many blue P's that you can possibly design. So, I mean, how do you feel about this as as the designer in this conversation? Do you do you agree with a particular side? So, when I initially saw Pandora coming out with a rebrand like a couple months ago, I was like, "Good, because your brand is bad." And I, I didn't like. It. What is the Pandora? I gotta look up the Pandora logo. Let's let's give a look here at the old logo. It just was uh, like. It just was weird. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. It's like a dated, yeah. It looks kind of like you're supposed to turn it on and have classical music start playing immediately, like that nice serifed P, yeah. Mm. Exactly. It's just, it's like dated. So I liked the new one, not so much that I loved, like, oh, yeah, I can totally connect with this brand, but I was like, good, you're trying. You're, you know, you're trying to uh, be a competitor in this field. And I appreciated that they made the brand mark so simple that it can translate into a bunch of different environments and they had different colors and textures. And I was like, ah, sweet. You're thinking for the future. You're future proofing. You made such a simple thing that it's like going to be timeless. Cool. Smart move. So I dug it. And, and all that to say, I didn't think uh, PayPal when they initially came out. Mm-hmm. It was, didn't come, cross my mind at all. Like, oh, that's PayPal. Totally. Well, I mean, do you use PayPal very often? I do. I do. Really? For like freelance stuff for work. Okay. Um. So. So you are familiar because I, I actually kind of forgot that they they had this logo because I mean that's not super old, right? No, it's 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 pretty it's newer too. Yeah. And I I paid attention to that rebrand as well. So yeah, PayPal was in my mind. Didn't think that when I saw the Pandora thing, but now seeing them side by side in this lawsuit, it is a is so close. It is so close and. PayPal, I think, could totally win money because uh, they they rebranded first. And PayPal, who do you think is bigger, PayPal or Pandora? I would definitely say PayPal. PayPal. Yeah. yeah, definitely PayPal. But yeah, I uh, I feel bad for Pandora because like I've always seen them like they were cool for a little bit, like when uh, the iPhone first came out and oh apps are a thing. But you know now Spotify and Title and Apple Music, all those other providers are just, like, rocketing past. So I feel bad that they're, like, trying really hard. Like, we're cool, we're hip. Oh, we just got you. They bought Ardio. Did they really? Yeah, they're, they're, they just started doing streaming music, and their streaming music is literally Ardio. Have you not seen it? I don't think I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ardio's back from the dead. I never used Ardio. And it's called, oh, you didn't use Ardio? Ardio was the designers, the designers streaming. No, I never used it. That was that was what all, all the all the cool people with good taste used. I'm sad to hear that you were you weren't you weren't part of that that group of good people. I think I used Rhapsody. Whoa! Wait, no, Pan, I mean Ardio wasn't that old. You're talking. You just went back like ten years. I'm talking like four. Well, I missed the Ardio gap. I used Rhapsody, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, Napster, Kazaa, illegal downloading. What? No, yep. no, no, no. What? Okay, okay, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, you're, I'm not you're saying going... my, no. My timeline doesn't match up to the actual timeline. I went in the wrong order. Okay. I discovered Rhapsody. I was like, yeah, cool. And then I was like, wait, I could just get any song? Okay. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. Oh, so you said goodbye to streaming as a whole. Yeah, and I checked out. Okay. And didn't use RDO, didn't use Spotify, didn't use any of those services until like maybe five years ago. And I started using Spotify from work, and I'm a diehard Spotify user. I think that the weird thing about this PayPal Pandora bit isn't the fact that their logos are similar. Because that makes sense to me. And it isn't the fact that PayPal's mad about it, because that makes sense to me too. You know, they did it first. But yeah. f- dang, man, their lawsuit is 
pretty cold-hearted. Did you read what they said? It's pretty mean. It says that they have no path to profitability and deserted its long-standing logo and latched itself onto the increasingly popular PayPal logo as part of its efforts to catch up to its competition. It's true, though. It's true. It's cold, but it's true. I mean, maybe chill a little bit, though, PayPal? <laughs> like, I don't know. That seems a bit much to say. Like, I don't know if you had to, like, be so rude about it. You could just say... Hey, you've created a logo that looks just like ours. That's bad. And Stop it. Don't do that. I, and it's not even like, I mean, I guess I would understand if like an app or a company was mad at another company if they were competing in the same space. But PayPal and Pandora have nothing to do with each other. There's no overlap there. So they're just being mean for the sake of being mean. I feel like the guy who wrote this lawsuit was like a diehard title fan. <laughs> I wonder if it was like like straight from the lawyer's mouth or if this is like the higher-ups at PayPal that were like, yeah, stick it to them, be super cold. Because, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty vicious. It's kind of mean. It's but, mean. again, like, I kind of agree. Mm. I, I, didn't, it, I didn't read it and like, oh, that's not true. I read it and I was like, oh, ouch, that's mean. But, points? I guess. I don't know, man. I guess I feel bad. Why are we fighting for Pandora? I don't know. Yeah, I don't care about Pandora at all. I could do it here. <laughs>